business structures will lead you to more opportunities than a sole proprietorship ever will. And paying taxes on them and paying the fee to have your business in California or whatever state is just part of the cost that you have to pay to play in this business game. You're not starting in this business to play small. You're not starting to be broke or to stay broke. So kick that broke mindset and start thinking about abundance and start thinking about where you're going to go and what is the right entity and the proper tax structure to get you there. You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years. And in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. All right, this episode is for my business owners who formed their own entities and are kind of freaking out saying, what do I need to do next? So this episode is I started my business, now what? And I'm going to give you 10 steps that you need to take immediately to make sure that your business is properly formed and in compliance. Now, again, I'm licensed in California, and this is not specific advice for your business. If you need specific advice, you need to find an attorney that is licensed in your jurisdiction, the jurisdiction where your company is formed or where you're looking to form it. And that's actually piece of advice number one is find an attorney. Now you're probably listening to this because you have some qualms about hiring an attorney or you already took some steps and you thought that you could do it on your own. And I understand the desire to want to do it on your own, but also let me tell you about the value that attorneys actually bring. We went to school and know how to do these things and can do them in our sleep. So trust the expert. Also know that you will have enough resources, you'll have enough money, you'll have enough time, you'll have enough whatever you think it is that you are lacking to get the expert advice that you deserve and it'll be worth it for your business. So that's number one, find an attorney. Number two, if you're not ready to do that, is to make sure that you have filed the proper registration paperwork with the entity in your state that is responsible for recording business entities. In California, that's the California Secretary of State. And if you are filing an LLC, it's the articles of organization that you need to file to be officially official. If you're filing a corporation, it's the articles of incorporation. You send those documents off to the Secretary of State and that notifies the state that you are officially forming a business. But that's not the only thing you need to do. So step Three is to make sure that you have your proper operating agreement or your bylaws, depending on whether you're forming an LLC operating agreement or a corporation where you need bylaws. Now, these two documents are essentially the same in each business. They're just, you know, what each business type calls it, but they are the rule book to your game or also what I like to call the prenup to your marriage of business. These bylaws, these operating agreements will detail how you're going to run the business. They are especially important if you have multiple owners in your business. What are you going to do if there's a fight between the two of you? When are you going to take money? How are you going to apportion responsibility for the taxes? What happens if one person wants to sell? What happens if someone wants to start a different line of the business? What happens if one person is not pulling the weight that you thought that they were going to pull? 
So of course, just like a marriage, we hope for the best, but in reality, we know that things don't always go as planned. And so your operating agreement and your bylaws are the document that you and your business partner or partners will refer back to to make sure that you are playing by the rules that you have already established for your business relationship. Now, even if you are a solo, you can be a single member LLC and you can have a corporation that just has one shareholder. That's fine. You still need to do the operating agreement and the bylaws. And it's going to become important when you decide to sell your business or if you decide to bring somebody else into your business. So don't think that just because you're doing business by yourself right now, that these documents aren't important for you. Also to note, these documents, they're internal documents. You don't have to send them off anywhere. Every shareholder should get a copy of them. Every member of the LLC should get a copy of them, but you don't have to file them anywhere with the Secretary of State or with whatever business organization is responsible in the state that you live in. Okay, that was number three. Number four is make sure you file your statement of information. In California, we have to file statements of information within 90 days after a business is formed. It's kind of a repeat on what you put on there for the articles of organization or articles of incorporation, but it says who the owners of the business are, what their positions are. So who's the president, who's the vice president, who's the secretary treasurer, that kind of thing. Who's the agent for service of process, whether it's an individual or a corporation with the business addresses, that kind of thing. I don't think you put your tax election year on there, but there's important documents. It's important information so that if a document comes from the IRS or comes from the state about your business, it knows exactly where to go and exactly where you're doing business. That is mandatory to file. And there's a penalty if you file it late. There's a financial penalty. It's like, I don't know, maybe 25 bucks late penalty. Don't quote me. Go look it up. But it's something like that. But at the end of the year, when you go to file taxes or when you go to check and see that your business is in good standing, if you haven't filed that document, the state will not renew the good standing of your business, even if you have paid your taxes on it. So that's a really important document. It's called the Statement of Information in California. Number five, get your tax identification number or your employer identification number. Abbreviated, that's TIN, tax identification number, or EIN, employer identification number. This is like the social security number for your business. Now, remember, you filing an LLC or a corporation means that you have a separate entity for your business. Just like I'm an entity and you are an entity, we each have our own tax identification numbers for people. They're called social security numbers. Each business entity has its own unique tax identification number. No, you cannot use the same one that you got from your sole proprietorship and apply it to your corporation or your LLC, different entity. Go to the IRS website or just Google tax identification number or employer identification number application on the IRS website, and you can fill that out all electronically. Fill it out the best way that you can. And one little at the end is that it'll ask you if you want to have a letter mailed to the house or if you want a PDF copy. I always just get a PDF copy. It's the same thing that would have come to the house, but it generates instantly. And so as soon as you complete the paperwork, fill out all the information, then you've got that letter that you can download and then you can go to the bank and open up your bank accounts. Super quick and super simple. But if you have questions about that, contact either an attorney or maybe a CPA who can help you get your tax ID number. But it's pretty simple. One last thing about that is that I had a friend of mine come to me after she had tried to get a tax ID number for her sole proprietorship. And she said, you know, it's 200 bucks. It just doesn't seem like it should be that expensive. I said, wait a minute, $200? What are you talking about? Your tax ID number is free from the IRS website. 
So make sure you actually go to the IRS website. What my friend had done is she had unknowingly got caught up with a third party on the internet that said that they could help her get her tax ID number and they were charging $200 to do something that was free. So I always caution people, be careful with those websites that say that they will help you because a person, an attorney is much more trustworthy and knows exactly what they're doing. But a website is just going to take the information that you give them. And if you fall into the trap of paying $200 for a free service, that's on you. That's not on anybody else. So we want to keep you out of those traps. Okay, the sixth thing that you want to pay attention to or that you need to do after you start your business is to file your tax classification election. Either an LLC or a corporation can choose to be taxed as a partnership or as a corporation. What's the difference as a partnership? We call it pass-through tax election. The revenue, the taxable liability passes on to the owners, and that's the default for an LLC. The default for a corporation is that the corporation pays its own taxes. That is called a C-Corp in California. Those are the two distinctions. Now, there is something called an S-Corp tax election. Now, a lot of people get this confused and think that they are filing for an S-Corp, that they have an S-Corp. You have a corporation that is electing the subchapter S tax method under the Internal Revenue Code. So I just want to make sure that we clear that up so we're using the proper language. Now, if you're not sure what to choose, how to be taxed, that is a question for a CPA. So get with a CPA, tell them your whole situation about your business, what other things you've got going on in your life, and they will take a look and analyze your tax responsibilities in other areas and help you figure out whether filing the S-tax election is better for you or if you should remain as a corporation or if you should just do the regular LLC taxable structure. Okay. That is not my area of expertise, but I want you to know that it's something you should consider. And it's probably something you should consider before you decide to file an LLC or a corporation. But if you've already filed, then I want you to check with a CPA as soon as possible about filing for your tax election. How are you going to be taxed? And if you have business partners in there with you, it needs to be a group conversation with a CPA so that you all understand what responsibilities you have tax-wise. Also, don't be afraid of the taxes. I hear so many times people are like, I don't want to pay taxes, whatever I can do to not pay taxes, or a corporation isn't going to be worth it because I'm not going to save that much money. But that's that scarcity mindset. Business structures will lead you to more opportunities than a sole proprietorship ever will. And paying taxes on them and paying the fee to have your business in California or whatever state is just part of the cost that you have to pay to play in this business game. You're not starting in this business to play small. You're not starting to be broke or to stay broke. So kick that broke mindset and start thinking about abundance and start thinking about where you're going to go and what is the right entity and the proper tax structure to get you there. Another thing to note, especially if you have an LLC and you're afraid of taxes and you're trying to write everything off so you don't pay anything, know that in a couple years, if you decide to make a big purchase and you need a loan from a bank, they are going to look at the tax returns for your LLC. And if you have not, or in whatever other income that you have, they're going to look at your tax returns. If you have not made a profit in the previous three years, because you have written that all off just so you won't be able to pay taxes, you will not qualify for the kind of loan that you probably should qualify for because you have written everything off. 
So be careful with playing games. Get honest with yourself about what you want. Get honest with your CPA and think about a strategy that is going to be the best way to get you there. Because the last thing you want to do is pretend like you're broke when you're not really broke and you need the money because you're not broke and trying to make boss moves and you don't have it because you were playing around trying to be broke. So let's not get in caught in that trap. Okay, number seven, you need to determine whether or not your business is going to have employees or not. If you are going to have employees in California, you have to register with the Economic Development Department and get set up with an account, the EDD. That's where you are responsible for paying payroll taxes and making sure that your employees uh, have workers' comp insurance. That's another thing that goes on to it. But make sure you are enrolled with the EDD and you get your business set up. You have a great responsibility, not something to run from, but a responsibility you have to take care of when you have employees. So make sure that you register and get that done, get that taken care of correctly. Number eight is if it's required of you, obtain a seller's permit from the Board of Equalization. Now, I don't know exactly what your business is, but if you're selling goods uh, or products, then you definitely want to take a look at the Board of Equalization and see if you need to get a seller's permit. Everybody probably needs to get a business license as well. So take a look at that. Sometimes they're with the county, sometimes they're with the city. Do a quick Google search for a business license in whatever city or state that you were in, and you will get the information back to you. Now, number 10, the last thing. So that was all the paperwork that you need to make sure that you have filed somewhere with the proper entities so that you can have the proper formation. Number 10 is to make sure that your contracts are set up and that they are done correctly. This is where I really advise getting the advice of an attorney to dive in and to look at what you were doing. You could have contracts with your clients, especially if you're a coach or you have someone coming in for services. You could have contracts with your vendors. Who are you hiring to do work for you? You can also have contracts with your employees or with your independent contractors. Those are all areas where you need to make sure that you understand the implications of contract law and how it will apply to your business. Don't be afraid of it because it's still going to be there, whether you acknowledge it or not, but contracts really can make or break your business. Again, it's kind of like the rule book to the game. It says, this is what I expect from you. This is what you can expect from me. And if either one of us doesn't meet those expectations, these are the responsibilities that we have or the repercussions or the the way we're going to make it right. So you want to make sure that you have your contracts in place to protect your business, protect your product, protect your service. Okay. So let me just recap for you real quick. Uh, One through 10. Number one is hire an attorney. Number two is make sure your business is registered with the Secretary of State in California or whichever entity it is in your state. Make sure number three, bylaws or operating agreement, depending on if you have a corporation or an LLC, make sure they are right and tight and applicable to your business. Don't just use a template. If you use a template, modify it to make sure it fits your business. Number four, file that statement of information, especially in California. It's a required document that's due within 90 days of forming your business. Just do it the next day. As soon as you get the confirmation back that your business is formed, file that statement of information, and then you have to renew it every two years. Number five, get your tax identification number from the IRS website. Get it directly from the IRS website. Number six, file for your tax classification. Are you going to be taxed as an S-corp? Are you going to choose that S-tax election? Or will you be a regular LLC that has to pay self-employment taxes? Or are you going to be a regular C-corp? Or are you going to choose the S-tax election as a C-corp? all things you need to discuss with your CPA. 
Number seven, if the LLC will have employees register with the EDD in California, the Economic Development Department in California. Number eight, if it's required, obtain a seller's permit. So double check in your state what the requirements are. Number nine, get your required licenses and permits. And then number 10, contracts. Get your contracts together. Get your template contracts together with an attorney so you can use them over and over and over again. Get some training on some contracts. I have a little bit on my website and on my YouTube channel that you can take a look at just to make sure you understand the proper vocabulary so that when you start negotiating, you understand what you're negotiating for and what these clauses in your contract actually mean. All right, that is it for me today. Let me know if you have any questions or any comments and I will see you in the next episode. Ciao for now. If you want to learn more about how you can build a business and leave a legacy, check out our online community where we dive deeper into these concepts. And I literally pull back the curtain to show you how I help entrepreneurs just like you build a sustainable business that leads to financial freedom. You can find out more at the wilkersonlawoffice.com. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast and I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me and that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to the wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. The wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.